This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thursday's solo episode. Um, Still trying to get used to this whole setup. I never used to feel a little bit of anxiety before solo episodes because I would literally just be like in my pajamas at my computer talking to myself. But now with the lights and knowing that it's being recorded, I'm like, ooh. Anyways, um, I have this feeling like I'm forgetting something. Like I was procrastinating starting to record for so long, just kind of like slowly walking around my office like, okay, okay. Like I feel like I'm forgetting something. I pressed record on there. I pressed record on there. I have my little notes. So anyways, let's just go. Lots of things that I want to discuss today. Okay. Number one, I wanted to talk about last week. It was Milo's first week of kindergarten. And maybe for some of you, it was like obviously your child's first you know, week of starting in a new class or starting preschool or starting daycare. So I'm sure lots of us last week or a few weeks ago, if you're in the States, started a new routine, a new a new adventure in your family. Um, I learned about something brand new. It's not brand new, but me knowing it is the brand new part. Um, restraint collapse. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I printed off, if you can see here, if you're watching on YouTube, printed off notes about restraint collapse. Some of it I agree with and then some of it because, you know, they give tips and stuff. Some of it, though, I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to work. Every situation is different. Maybe your child is not trying to hit you in the face, um, but mine is. So some of these tactics will not work for us and we have to kind of deal with it in a different way. But last week, by Friday, I was exhausted from not sleeping very well, being anxious at bedtime and dealing with the major bedtime battles. I call it bedtime battles, but you can call it whatever you want. Crazy, emotional, dysregulated four-year-old or yeah, four-year-old. We also like now thinking back on last week, everything went beautifully, like the mornings, beautiful. He loved catching the bus and I was not even going to put him on the bus. But what happened was on the second day of school, so the first day we drove him and it was fine. We were there obviously like the first ones, early losers. And so we got to like chat with his teachers and like it was great. 
We had a hard time leaving. He didn't want us to leave. But eventually one of the teachers came and like grabbed his hand and she was like, do you want to go inside with me? Like we can, you know, whatever. And he was totally fine. He was really comfortable with that teacher. She's really nice. So that worked out well. And then they told us that he had a great day. Then I picked him up from school that day. Um, That went totally fine. And the second day he was going to be starting the after school program. And if you follow me on Instagram on my stories, I was like explaining how I felt emotional about that and like just like questioning everything and like literally to the point where I'm like, should I be homeschooling? Like this is such a big transition. Like I just felt overwhelmed and like, oh my God, is this the right thing to do? And Like, should I not be putting him in the after school program? And what it is for us, there's two kindergarten and senior kindergarten classrooms side by side and they share like an outdoor yard area. And so after school, all the kids that stay after school, which like there's quite a lot, they do like activities with them and they have a snack and they play outside until parents go and pick them up. So The school day ends much earlier than the typical work day. So that is why these programs exist. Um, So we were like, yeah, for sure. Like he's used to being at his daycare all day. So I'm like, it's not going to be that big of a difference. He gets to just play with his friends and then I'll go pick him up whenever I'm ready to go pick him up. But obviously because of what I do, I work for myself. I like make my own schedule. I, you know what I mean? And so in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, should I be putting him in the after school program? Like maybe I should just go pick him up when school ends at 3.30 or have him take the bus home and like we can like spend time together instead of me doing work. And do you think my husband ever had that thought? No, never, not a chance. Um, But because I'm a mom and I have these like on Instagram everybody was like why are you feeling like like explain more like why are you feeling like you're questioning everything and like the after school program that's why because it's like these irrational silly thoughts like oh like maybe I should just you know homeschool him like that's literally what was going through my mind like and at the same time I was like At first, I was excited for him to take the bus. I took the bus my whole life. Um, And then once it got to the time for him to take the bus, I was like, oh my God, no, like it's too, too big of a deal. Like I'll just drive him. Like we always jump to wanting to coddle them or like keep them with us or like not make a change. Even like I picked him up from the after school program the other day and he was playing outside with one of his friends that waits at the bus stop with us and I was like he was having so much fun and a lot of benefits of the after school program too is that it's very unstructured so it's like unstructured playtime with their peers as opposed to like very structured and following instructions and stuff so I know it's fine I'm just was going through all these emotions and even after just having the first week done I feel way better about our routine and how things are going. So the reason he started taking the bus in the morning was because I we were leaving the front door to go get in 
the car for me to drive him. And one of the moms down the street with her little boy, who's Milo's age, was walking by and she's like, oh, are you guys going to catch the bus? Because there's like one bus stop that all the kids from around the block, like they walk to that bus stop and wait. So there's like a group of kids. Um, So they were on their way to the bus stop and she's like, oh, are you guys going? And I said, oh, like, because I wasn't going to. I was like, no, we're not taking the bus this year. I'm just going to drive him. Um, So silly. And so I asked Milo, I was like, oh, do you want to go catch the bus? Like they're going to catch the bus. And he was like, yeah, like he wanted to go. So we went, waited at the bus stop. It was the cutest thing ever. There's lots of little kids and they're all like, this little girl came up to me and she's like, or to Milo, Milo was like waiting with me and she comes up to him and she's like, the school bus is really fun. You're going to love it. Like sometimes we get to play like play games or we sing songs. You get to sit next to somebody. Like it was the cutest thing ever. So now that's our routine. Every morning we walk, you know, a few minutes down the road to the bus stop. All the kids are there. It's the cutest thing ever. And he loves taking the bus. As soon as the bus pulls up, he's like, bye, mommy. Bye, mommy. And I'm like, oh, this was so nice. So and a bonus for me, too, is that I get to meet other parents in the neighborhood and we just like have our coffees and like chat. Um, Lovely now, not going to be as lovely when winter comes and there's like two feet of snow. I was like, how is this going to work in the winter? I have to bundle him up in all his like winter snowsuit stuff and like waddle down the street and like I just it's going to be chaos. So that was our week for the most part. Mornings, daytime, pickup, everything was awesome. Even after school was awesome. He was in a great mood. One thing thinking back on last week that might have added to this idea or like theory of restraint collapse, which I'll get into in a minute, was that my in-laws were here visiting. So they came last Saturday or Sunday. So they were here for like the first day of school and the first week of school. Um, So that could be why he didn't have his kind of like release of emotions until before bed because he was with my in-laws like his grandparents that he like loves and plays with and it's great but I don't think he was able to release those emotions until bedtime when it was just me and my husband with him putting him to bed so um I just realized that as I was reading this morning about restraint collapse, I realized like that was probably part of it as well. I went to dinner on Friday night with Dr. Tanya Kotler. If you have not listened to my episode with her, episode 144 on attachment, like it'll blow your mind. You need to listen to it if you are a parent. Send it to everybody that you know. I think I cried recording the episode. It was just, it's so good. And we very soon are going to be doing a second episode together. So stay tuned for that. But I went for dinner with her on Friday and we were talking about this bedtime, you know, struggle that we had all week after starting kindergarten. And she made a good point about how 
you almost want them to be able to release these emotions and feelings and stress and anxiety that they've been holding in all day earlier. And so she was like, try not to, you know, like tiptoe around or like prevent him from being emotional or being dysregulated or whatever. Like, don't do that after school. Like, kind of just like let his feelings happen so that it happens earlier and not before bedtime. And so after thinking about what she, like that point and what she said, I was like, oh, he probably held it in even further and longer because his grandparents were here and that was kind of distracting and he was playing with them and it wasn't like a time for him to express those emotions. And so basically, she also gave me a really good tip for bedtime that I will share with you as well. And I've been doing it the last two nights and Milo has not had a meltdown the last two nights. Um, I'm sure it's multiple things like he's, you know, it was the weekend. He's getting used to a new routine. Um, I put him to bed instead of my husband, which is a difference because my husband usually puts him to bed because he wants my husband to, but my husband is not as good with like setting boundaries at bedtime. And so I think it ends up just being a shit show. But anyways, a multitude of things, but I will share her um, tip that she gave me in a second. First, what is restraint collapse? And it's interesting because I did not know about this. Somebody sent me a DM after I was sharing in my stories what was happening and it was an article on restraint collapse and I read it and I was like, oh my God, like this is exactly what's happening. Um, So it's basically when kids start a new routine and it's very common for school time. Um, they're in a new environment. They're in a new social setting. They're like trying to be good and following instructions from the teacher. And so they're holding in their feelings all day, all day. And they don't release those feelings or emotions. It's like they bottle up, bottle up, bottle up. And then once they're in their safe space, which is usually with their parents at home, it just kind of like bursts out of them. And so the kinds of things that you can expect are like screaming, crying, whining, disrespectful behavior, like, um, yeah, anger, yeah, rage, yeah, um, check, 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 all of those off. And when I was reading these articles on restraint collapse, I thought back to when Milo was literally 12 months old, which is one year in case you didn't know. Um, He was in daycare and amazing daycare, incredible. And I remember some days I would go to pick him up and I would walk into the little, it was like the little infant classroom. And I I would expect him to be like so happy to see me and he would burst out crying. And I was like, um, it made me feel like shit. And I was like, oh my God, like you expect them to be happy. And it was the reverse. And it, I remember the teacher pointed out that like, you're his safe person. So he's been bottling up like emotions. Maybe he's anxious, you know, 
And then finally he sees you and he just kind of breaks down. It's similar to like as adults, we do the same thing. Like think about if I have like a terrible day or something bad happens or like I've been dealing with um, like meltdowns and like trying to, you know, get my little bed or whatever. And then if my husband is like, like I'm upset and my husband like, you know, puts his hand on my back and is like, are you okay? Like that, I'll just like burst out crying because I'm like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like you have, you bottle things up or you're not, you're like, oh, I don't have to cry. I don't, you know, need to, I'm just like upset or whatever. But then if somebody that you care about, if it was a stranger, I'd be like, oh no, I'm fine. Yeah. But if it's like my mom or like my friend or pre, like my husband, I'm like, instantly start bawling. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like your safe people are the ones that you're going to like release these emotions onto. Um, So yeah, that's restraint collapse. It makes perfect sense. Don't know why I've never heard of it until recently. Um, And one thing they mentioned in this article is like the difference between a tantrum versus a meltdown And like the key difference in my mind is that a tantrum is the child is in control of their emotions, whereas a meltdown, they are not. Um, So like a restraint collapse situation is like they're not in control. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. 
The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner... I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Another key thing, and if you remember a few episodes back, I talked about a a major bedtime battle because like we've had these on and off in the last little while. And I talked about a situation where I used play to distract him and I used the Spider-Man doll to like pretend he was flying around the room and it instantly like Milo just started playing with me and it completely diffused the entire situation. So that's a tantrum. Like he's in control because he's able to be distracted out of it. Um, A meltdown, not so much. And I tried this tactic, like the play and stuff like that during these like restraint collapse, like meltdown situations not working at all. If anything, it just gets him like more uh, amped up. So one thing that they mention about a meltdown is that comfort is key. And this is the thing where like for my specific situation in what we dealt with last week, like I cannot implement comfort. Um, I can be super calm and but like when they talk about like try to give your child a hug or take them to a quiet place and stuff like that 
That did not work in our specific situation because what would happen is that he didn't, he wanted us in his room. He didn't want us to leave, but he was trying to hit and kick us. Like he smacked the glasses off my husband's face and I like, it took everything in me to not like lose my mind. If as soon as I like calmly walked in his door, because we would try leaving because the whole thing is like, they have to know that they're not allowed to hit you. And so what I've heard people say is like, if they're hitting, kicking and like being aggressive in that way, physically aggressive, you need to be like, okay, mommy's not safe in here right now. So she has to leave. So that is what I would do. I was like, mommy has to leave because this is not safe. Like you can't hit mommy or daddy and we would leave. So then what would he do? Grab his toys and start slamming them into the door. Like you should see the back of his door. It's like covered in marks from toys. Like Spider-Man's face is smeared on the door. So like it went through this like rigmarole of like that would happen. Then I would try and like calmly go back in. Same thing. He's throwing his toys at me, like trying to hit me. So I calmly pack up all the toys, pull the bin out of his room, close the door. Now he grabs his monitor and starts banging it against the door. I'm mad, but at the same time, I just feel bad for him. Like, obviously, and Mr. Chaz, I'll never forget this quote from him. I I don't know if it's exact, if it's his, but he, this is where I heard it, him saying like, your child is having a hard time. They're not giving you a hard time. Like, they are literally struggling. And so I felt bad in this situation. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to, like, I can't let him think that this is okay. So I calmly pack up his monitor, his sound machine, like anything that he could slam against the door, take it out of his room. And then eventually he was calling for daddy. And so my husband came up, opened his door, and then he was kind of like done Like eventually they just run out of steam and it's like a sobbing, like they're just upset. And my husband was able to comfort him at that time. But now I'm in the hallway crying because I feel like the bad guy because I was the one that went in, like took the toys out, like he's been hitting me, kicking me, like, and then my husband gets to come in and save the day and get a big hug from Milo when like the whole time I just wanted to hug him and like let him cry with me but he was like trying to punch me and kick me and bite me and and then my husband gets to go in. So now I'm crying in the hallway and my husband is now dealing (laughs) with a crying toddler and his wife is now crying upset. Anyways that's kind of like what our week was like. It was emotionally and physically exhausting and I after he would eventually fall asleep at like 10 p.m. I would just like go in my room read in the dark and I had a hard time falling asleep because like I was just all like I kept hearing phantom cries he's four years old do you remember when your child was a baby and you'd go to have a shower or something and you're hearing them screaming and then you like turn the shower off and it's silent I still deal with this with my four-year-old so if he has a bedtime struggle he's upset whatever he eventually falls asleep I will literally wake up in the middle of the night 
and have to turn off my sound machine and like listen because I can hear him screaming and he's sleeping. So when does that end? Um, Can somebody tell me when that ends? Because that's fun. Sometimes I'm reading my Kindle and I'm like, I'll text my husband downstairs. Is Milo screaming? And he's like, um, he's sleeping. I'm like, oh, okay, good. What the hell? Anyways, okay. Something, okay, I just want to give some tips for, for restraint collapse, okay? If your child started school, daycare, preschool, whatever, and they're, you think that they might be experiencing this. One thing that I did not do on the first day of school, um, you should not be bombarding them with questions when they get home or when you pick them up, whatever. Um, you want to kind of keep it as a calm environment and let them decompress. Um, me on the first day was like, how was your day? How was your day? What did you eat in your lunch? Like, what's your friend's names? Uh, okay, so don't do that. Just keep it calm. Maybe ask like one question, put on some music, let them watch their little tablet, whatever. They need to decompress. Um, So don't bombard them with questions. If your child's older, don't be like, let's get our homework done. Like they need to chill. They also need connection. So they gave some tips on how to stay connected during the day. So you can send a little picture of you with your child or like your family with them in their bag that they can look at at lunchtime, whatever. That's super cute, super excessive. Um, I love it. Also, you could put small little excessive notes in their lunch bag. Um, I bought notes off of Amazon. It's like little lunch bag notes. There's a ton of them, little pictures with like you're a superstar and like a dinosaur or something. So every day I just put one of those in his little lunch bag. Um, I don't know if he looks at it and he thinks anything, but maybe he does. And that's super cute. This was super cute to make a matching bracelet that you both wear during the day so that when they see their bracelet, they think like, oh, mommy has the matching one or daddy, whatever. Um, super cute, super cute. Um, One thing they say is to not resort to punishment. Again, just keep in mind, like they are having a hard time. They are not trying to give you a hard time. So try not to punish, but at the same time, don't let them hit and abuse you. Like you still have to calmly set boundaries, I think. Um, Validate their feelings. Yeah, got it. Uh, Which literally just means like, acknowledging what they're feeling. Don't take it personally. I have a hard time with this one because when you are obsessed with your child, you love them so much and they for like an hour are just like traumatizing you, um, trying to hit you, like punch you, kick you. You're just like, oh my God, like an hour ago we were snuggling, sharing a snack, giving kisses. Like it's hard to not take it personally, but I, my, my husband is good at that. I don't think he takes it personally, but I'm like, you know, afterwards, like I'll start to cry. Like I just get upset. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's just them having a hard time again. I will say that. Um, so yeah, they give some ways for your child to decompress, like going for a walk, taking a bike ride, something like that. They also mentioned, 
try to not have kids in structured activities during the week. And like I know in October, Milo's going to start skating lessons one day a week. It's just across the road from us. So he will have that. But this is what I found even with soccer. It was on Tuesday nights and I was like, he just spent an entire day doing structured activities at, at preschool, socializing all day. And so I found the soccer in the evenings to be difficult because like they'd run out of steam by the evening. So after school, for the most part, like keep it just like calm and, you know, go for a walk tell stories, watch a show. Um, Yeah, I imagine there's lots of kids out there who are just like in school doing structured things all day and then they're off to structured activities again. And it's just too much um, for young kids. You know, me as in high school, like fucking structured activities 24-7. All right, so that's that on that. Um, one, there's some more, how much time do I have left here? Oh my God. I just like talk and talk and talk. I literally could have a podcast every day because I go through things and I have these things that I want to talk about multiple times a day. And I'm like, I have to like write notes to make sure I remember to talk about it on the solo episode. But like, I try to keep these ones a little bit shorter Okay, let's talk about poop a little bit. Um, I made a, uh, an appointment with my naturopath. She's going to come on the podcast soon. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. Um, I got fed up, like fed up with being constipated. If you Google the Bristol stool chart, you will see there's like five or six different pictures of poop and you can see where you're at depending on what your poop looks like. I was like the most constipated that you could possibly be. That's like my baseline. If I am not paying attention to how much liquids I'm drinking, what kind of liquids I'm drinking, what kind of food I'm eating, am I 90 years old? Like my digestive system hates me and it drives me nuts because I want to eat what I want to eat. But when I do that, I instantly get severely constipated and over time, it just starts to be so painful and uncomfortable. Um, I can't wear clothes that I want to wear because it's too tight on my stomach. Like it's just a whole thing. So the other day I got so pissed off. My sister told me about, this is like exclusive um, information because I have not shared this anywhere else. My sister has had digestive problems her whole life, okay? Literally since she was a child, seen every doctor in the world. Um, She was telling me about water, tap water enemas, okay? Listen to this. And I, for the longest time, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. She's like, Renee, it is the best. I'm like, oh my God, okay. So I finally, this was like a while back, I ordered the one on Amazon that she told me to order. And I'm not a doctor. I'm well, let me take that back. I'm a doctor of philosophy, not a medical doctor. So don't like take what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Okay. Like just fair warning here. Um, 
she was like, order one. So I'm like, okay. So I order the one that she suggested from Amazon a while back. This was like, remember when I went to my mom's house and I had the Pico Salax, which is like the stuff they give you before you have a colonoscopy to like clear you out. So at that point I had like severe constipation and I was like, screw this. So I went and got the Pico Salax, cleared out my system, completely changed my diet. And I was having incredible, like if you look at the Bristol stool chart, I was having like the best possible poops every single morning, like clockwork, never felt better in my life. Okay. As soon as I started to veer off that diet and like drinking like hot tea after dinner and all this, like I have a million tactics that I use, um, back to being severely constipated. It drives me nuts. And the thing is, if I don't have like the strict diet and like drinking lots of fluids down. It doesn't matter if I take like Metamucil, take even like a Dulcolax, like a laxative kind of thing or like Restorlax in my coffee. I have tried it all. All that does is make me feel more bloated and more disgusting because it's like it's trying to get my body to poop, but my body does not want to poop. So it's just, it makes everything worse. I literally have to have a a super like clean poop producing diet and drink a shit ton of liquids. So this is my life. Yay. Hooray. But anyways, it was around that time that my sister was like, you need to order this tap water enema bag thing. And I'm like, okay, what the hell? So I order it and I've used it maybe like three times, but I got so fed up on after Milo's birthday party on Saturday I was like, I'm doing it. I don't care. And tomorrow, all I'm eating from now on are poop producing things and I'm doing everything perfectly so I can go back to having amazing poops. Like the amount that like it's incredible how digestion and like having amazing poops can just completely change your mood and your like quality of life. Okay. Nobody wants to be constipated and bloated and disgusting and feel gross all day and then feel like you don't want to eat stuff because you know it's just getting stuck in your intestines. It's like a whole mental block thing. So Saturday night, I do the tap water enema. If you're wondering what that is, imagine like an IV bag at a hospital. Okay. It's like a bag with a little hook and you hook it to, I hook it to my shower curtain rod thing. You fill it with just tap water. And then it has a hose that you connect to it with like a little valve thing. Okay. And there's, so it's like a long tube. You lay on the floor. There's like, um, a tip part to it that has a hole in it. So yes, you put that in your bum. Okay. You put that in your bum and you let the water like flood through your intestines like slowly. You just lay, you like release a little bit of water every now and then. Like, I mean, you do it for like 10, 15 minutes, like slowly letting water go and you'll feel like crampy, like bloating. And then if you wait a minute, it like subsides. So I did that. And then you literally just like take it out. You go sit on the toilet and it like floods your system and it's incredible and I don't know why it's more common maybe it's because people get weirded out talking about this stuff or it's like what you're gonna like 
fill your butt with water. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm like, who cares? Like, whatever. I don't care. Okay. So you do that totally flushes out your system. And it's like, it, it's better than taking a pill that's going to like overstimulate your colon and just like give you diarrhea. It literally just like flushes out your intestines. Like this should just be a common normal thing. Um, similar to like, you know, people go for colonics. I'm sure it's similar to that, but you're just kind of like doing it yourself in your bathroom. I don't know. Anyways, again, I'm not a doctor. Okay. This is just what I have done. And so I flushed myself out on Saturday, started my new diet, which consists of lots of like veggie lentil soups. I swear to God, my body just wants me to eat soup. Um, I had a beyond burger, just like the patty with mustard and pickles and mustard and pickles, like the best combination. Um, veggies, lots of veggies, fruits. Um, I had my husband made French fries in the air fryer. So I had those no gluten, no dairy, drink lots of kombucha, lots of peppermint tea after eating, especially, um, no eating after like six, seven o'clock at night to give my digestive system like a break overnight wake up, have coffee. I had my GI like gut revival stuff after my first coffee. Then I had my second coffee and then like just pounding water. And literally after 24 hours of just being conscious and like eating things I know that are good for my digestive system. And this is, you know, what's good for my system might not be good for yours. Um, lots of nuts, like raw nuts. Yeah. Amazing poop already this morning. So I'm going to end this episode on that because that's like a high note. And, you know, I just, I wish nothing more than just amazing poops for everybody because it's a game changer and it just, it's a, like, it'll boost, boost your mood all day. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. Poop. Oh, I wanted to talk about something. Uh, I just like, it's too long of an episode. Yeah, guys, I gotta go. I'm sorry. I was gonna tell a story about my husband, but maybe I'll save it for next week. Or I'm gonna think about just adding another solo episode or something. Cause like, there's too many things. There's too many things. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening, for watching on YouTube if you are. And I thought you could tell that my pants were not done up right now because these are not stretchy jeans and they're not comfortable to sit in. So I undid them. And if you're just listening, you wouldn't know that. But anyways, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope your children sleep tonight and I hope everybody has a good poop. Okay. Okay.